This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 447 for Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we're into. Boy, do we have some geeky stuff this week. Joining me (laughs) once again, Stephen ESC is back. You can find him at Stephen ESC on all the social media that matters. That includes Twitter and Twitch, which is your your main haunts, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Pretty much, yeah. Welcome back, man. Yeah, thanks. We've got a lot to talk about because uh, in the interim, the San Diego Comic-Con for 2022 happened. Uh, There's lots of Marvel news. There's lots of uh, non-Marvel news. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of things that I'd like to touch on. Um, And as a result, we're really not going to get into, I think, everything in in detail. Uh, I feel like this week is going to be more of a touch on a lot of things rather than deep dive on anything in particular. Yeah, it's going to be hard to deep dive. And plus, a lot of these are teaser trailers and stuff like that. And sometimes they're just like, you know, word mark designs and release dates. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There's there's nothing else. New logo. More than that, right? So, um, so yeah. Uh, But before we get into that, something I did want to mention uh, that did happen just after you and I recorded uh, last time, which was the James Webb Space Telescope took some deep field images of uh, the deep space and we're talking like light from 13 (laughs) billion years ago like it's hard to wrap your head around yeah Um, but i i really need to encourage everybody that's listening to go check these out if you haven't seen them already they've been pretty much everywhere including probably your evening news like they they really made the circulations um but one thing that i've been um indulging in and feeling okay about uh in terms of the amount of time that i spend on the old tiktok (laughs) app which is uh watching videos from the space girl emily calendarelli i hope i'm pronouncing your name right emily uh not that she listens to this show um uh, from emily's wonder lab uh there's lots of science and space videos explaining some of the phenomenon from the james webb telescope and other stuff she's just a, a space educator and she she does a lot of really cool content uh, and nice. there's not a lot of fluff. There's fun, but there's not a lot of fluff, which I like. She's very to the point. Uh, I think you'd have to be under a rock if you don't know who Hank Green is on <laughs> on uh, on YouTube or not YouTube on TikTok. And uh, again, he covered the Carina Nebula, which is my favorite image from the James yeah. Webb Telescope. Uh, that it's is a neb- yeah, the nebula. It was like, is it seven seven light years or something? Like it's not. It's not terribly far in terms of the grand scheme of things it's still really far but it's it's close enough that we can get some detailed views of like where stars are being born in the Carina nebula and what his video was so interesting uh about was he was trying to figure out where the image of the nebula was from yeah, I didn't and he catch that one. and he showed me and or showed everyone and it's just like it's this tiny little speck of this 230 light year diameter nebula and they took like a picture of like the top right corner sort of deal it it really kind of puts it all into perspective 
and if you want something more detailed than a TikTok, I have another uh, excellent recommendation. Dr. Becky on YouTube. Uh, Dr. Becky Smethurst uh, is an astrophysicist at the University of Oxford. She's also very excited about space, very excited about galaxies. Uh, she specifically studies black holes. Uh, oh, and she loves making videos about science uh, with an unnatural level of enthusiasm. But what I like about this, <laughs> what I what I, I like that. about this is that she she explains why she's excited, and she does it in a very articulate kind of like she'd be an excellent teacher, mm. you know. Uh, so she'll get into like some of the gobbledygook and explain like here's the physics behind all of this and show you some graphs and tables and light meters and things. But then she goes, okay, now I need to explain to you why I'm smiling at a graph, right? Cause she's giddy about numbers <laughs> and she's like, I have to, you guys don't know. So I have to tell you. And so, it, and she's, she's very charismatic and fun. And she, she also includes bloopers in her videos. So they're very lighthearted. Um, but yeah, I'll, nice. we'll have links to all of this stuff in the show notes. I just, I felt just, it always happens whenever we've recorded an episode it feels like the very next day there's a trailer for something or there's a big science <laughs> thing or a rocket lands somewhere and you're just like god it would have been really fun to talk about this nerdy shit on the show and it happens too late so i wanted to get this all off my chest now so that's and that's basically what i've been you know keeping track of i've been i've been you know um keeping track of stuff like that lately uh in nice. the news which has been more fun than the news from everywhere else so um that's how i've been keeping my my brain uh busy what what have you been up to the last while i've been soaking in the new t prime video show paper girls it's based right. off a series by brian k vaughn i mean I, I read this comic years ago um just either from the library or at the local bookstore and started reading it because i had read um why the last man comic book series and i thought this is pretty cool and i and I don't often enough find out who the author of this, this stuff is. And then I found that he did Paper Girls as well. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, um, yeah, it's, um, we're about halfway. No, not about. We actually just uh, finished another episode tonight. So we're halfway through the eight episodes in season one. And it's, um, it's great. I just recently bought the, um, the full volume of all of the comics. And it's about an inch and a half thick for the entire thing. So it's not like one of these ones that went on forever and ever. It was probably about four or five years of publishing but it's uh so both of my sons devoured it in a day like the entire <laughs> the entire comic book series and so we're, we're all enjoying comparing the comic to the tv and the t tv show and it's definitely kind of diverging off into different areas because you know they'll want to prolong it over years if they can but it's uh, you know the choices they're making they're not disappointing they're staying they cast it really well i mean I, i'm that's one of my favorite things i was surprised to see how well they cast this and all of the the main four characters are paper girls. They deliver the newspaper. This is not a, you know, spoiler. Like you find that out within the first couple of minutes of it. And um, they're all twelve years old. And it seems like they're either being played by twelve year olds or like maybe thirteen or fourteen year olds. But it's a very age appropriate selection of actor actors. I think it's really well done. So yeah, we're we're loving it. Um, look forward to talking about it on the next time we record. <laughs> so obviously family friendly then. Nope. If, oh, really? <laughs> no, my guys are just old enough now that you know oh, all of the okay. uh, the cursing and swearing. They're they're not that I promote cursing and swearing when watching shows with your kids, but my guys are they're old enough now that it's they, they've seen other shows, 
any you know lord of the rings and things like that there's been more violence in those fantasy type shows that they've seen and yeah, vox fair. machina so it's like you know they're yeah so it's 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 within, it's when they're within their age bracket so it's good you don't have to throw yeah. anybody under the bus so feel free to plead the fifth but i'm curious have has there been any moments where one of the boys have dropped a swear where it didn't necessarily come out as cool as they thought it was going to. Um, do, you, do you know what I mean? No, actually, this they're not the the sweary type, right? But there's been a couple of times when it's been appropriate. <laughs> um, well, my, okay. my my older son, uh, he was he speed runs Minecraft. Okay, and my, so and, high um, octane, high high high, not stress, but like you want to get things right. Exactly, and. He's always going for a personal best, always going for a personal best. And there was one time um, he would have, like, done an amazing jump, an improvement on his personal best. And the dragon took, I forget at this point, but it was like six minutes to perch. And then and then after his stream, he's like, well, thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah, that was frustrating, but have a good night. And then he just finishes his stream and he yells from upstairs, that effing dragon <laughs> so it's like <laughs> and my wife and i just laughed i'm like yep if you're gonna say it that's totally appropriate because his, his he was so on with everything in this in the run everything he did was bang on it was just this dragon who decided to not perch at the end that's that ruined his personal best so right yeah yeah so they're actually pretty good so there hasn't been any any moments like that where they thought i'm just gonna throw this in here for the coolness effect and it, and it backfire so it's always interesting. Uh, it must be uh, a unique experience when you get to that point. Because I remember the first time that I was able to like swear in front of my mom and have her laugh instead of scold me. Right. Right. Um, I I graduated university. Yes, it took that long. But I mean, you know, a lot of it's probably respect stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I made I might have said things like you know shit or something. But like I never I never really swore. Um, and it was part of a joke. And my mom was asking me, you know, after talking with some other people at some reception, she's like, so did, was, was there anybody at the job fair talking with you at, at the university? I was just like, no, 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 mom, I I have a BFA. You know what that stands for? And she's like, she knew, but she looked at me funny. I said, as a bachelor, fuck all. She, she, she wasn't expecting me to say it. And then she realized like what it, like, not only was it funny, but also what it meant. Uh, and, uh, from like from a job perspective and i was like no i'm gonna have to make my own money mom this is this is gonna be different <laughs> than than the people that are graduating with a business degree um but yeah it was it was that was a funny moment because i remember like i i kind of said it knowing that that's how the joke goes and you can't it doesn't have the same punch if you say frigal right like it doesn't yeah <laughs> you know it doesn't uh it doesn't really compute so um that's funny so i was happy that that landed uh, where it did but it's cool that you're enjoying paper girls it sounds like it's obviously um doing well i the reason why i asked about the family friendly thing because i don't think there is much family friendly stuff on prime video i feel Mm. like it's all pretty heavy um i don't want to say adult entertainment because that sounds like porn but like you know what i mean like it's nc-17 or it's or it's very violent and has an r rating just for just pure gore or and sometimes appropriate i'm not saying like it's over you know i'm thinking like if it's a horror movie well yeah it's gonna be gory and gross like that's kind of how they that's how they do you know uh, or like the, uh, a lot of the films that they have, like uh, the John Wick stuff. Those are really violent, you know, violent yeah. films. Uh, there's some swearing in that, but I don't remember there being much nudity, you know. And then if it is, it's not like it's more like 
they're in a strip club fighting and you're not really looking around you're looking at the two guys with swords and guns not really, not really the naked women everywhere or it's a bunch of naked men in like a russian bathhouse or something like that something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's not it's not um well i guess it, it's sort of gratuitous but it's more about like just like the cd underbelly of the criminal world and so you just it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable i think is what it's used for yeah there's some some i don't know if i want to call them cringy parts but in um in paper girls because they're sort of staying true er to the way people spoke in the 80s than something like stranger things and so oh. they're saying things that are kind of like a little bit you know racially inappropriate not like bad bad but enough that makes you kind of go okay but then there's but they, but they they get called out on it so like there's it's um it, it's not a, a persistent thing um like they, they find out that what you know the way that they're talking is wrong i don't want to get into it too too much because right. it, it'll give spoilers away but it's like it's uh you know it's cringy to hear but at the same time i kind of like that it's sort of period it's not yeah. like any like anything bad racially but yeah. the, you know just 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 the way that kids spoke inappropriately at that age and yeah. then being called out on it so that they know that it's not an okay way to talk later on in the show. Like it's, so it's, um, I think they're handling it well. Um, yeah, either way, I feel like this is something we can talk about more in more detail next time. Cause I'm, I'm enjoying mm -hmm. it. I'm excited about it. And so it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give the, the spoilers disclaimer next time we chat about it <laughs> and we can do it. Sure. Go into it in detail. It's good. I'm, I'm enjoying it though. Stranger Things does that. They just they tend to give those lines to the bad guys or to the bad kids. The main the main cast and crew don't don't say anything really sketchy from that time no. period. But but I feel like some of the subject matter that they tackle, they handle it very well in this in the way that it would be very closet, you know, in in that time period. So and yeah, I, there's different ways to handle it. But I I, I find that that. Um, You'll see that if you go and watch something like a Lethal Weapon movie, like one of the old like buddy cop comedies from the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, those jokes are racist. <laughs> like they're just, oh yeah, they're straight yeah. up. Oh wow, no, you can't say that anymore. No. You know, I'm surprised you could say it then. Yeah, and it's not, and it's not that level of bad. It's just you know, it kind of makes you cringe. I find a lot of the stuff that stands out for eighties movies that you and I would be drawn to for nostalgia is like the chauvinist stuff. That's where I'm going to like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is really oh, different. Like, I, and I, and it's, it's stuff that I would not have even picked up on because I wouldn't have been old enough to un like, it would have been just like, oh, that's a, that's a joke. Like, it, but it's, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought it as offensive or, or inappropriate, but I wouldn't have then also made that joke myself either because it was, to me, it was like, those are adult jokes. You know, I don't make those because I, I, I wouldn't have necessarily found them funny. I understood that it was a joke, but I didn't understand the punchline, you know? Yeah. Like if we, we, we actually watched the old uh, rush hour movies and man, they just do not hold up. There's just so much not okay that Chris Tucker says in those movies. It's just, yeah. <laughs> brutal, brutal. So the other thing that you and I have completed since we last spoke is uh miss Marvel on mm -hmm. Disney plus the last, uh, well, you, you had already seen the last, um, episode five, but I had not seen five and six and I have since completed the series as have you. And, right. uh, just to, I guess, reiterate what I had said before, I felt like 
I liked the last two episodes on a whole. Mm-hmm. I, I I know I had stuff to nitpick about. I thought this. I thought the school battle scene was dumb. Um, I didn't like <laughs> the 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 genie dude having powers. I can't remember his name now. Her her friend, um, whose mom? Okay, Comron. Uh, uh, Comron, thank you. Um, and this is the problem that I have with with the show and why I wouldn't necessarily give it like you know four or five stars is because I remember liking it, but I can't tell you what happened. Yeah. You know, like I don't I don't remember much about it other than like, oh yeah, there was a battle of the school that was pretty lame. Uh Kamala's powers were cool. Uh, but ultimately what I walked away with was a feeling. And it's something that you said the last time we spoke, which is that the show has heart. And that's yes. what I felt like. They ended on the same heart note that they started on. And so it it wrapped up in a nice little bow in that way for me. Uh, I particularly enjoyed the conversation between her dad, uh, Kamala, her dad and her, where he kind of suggested her name and he referred to her as their little Miss Marvel as a as a baby. Because, yes, they they were trying and trying and trying, I guess, for a second child and they couldn't get pregnant. And then eventually they had Kamala. And so um, that's where uh, she ended up getting the Miss Marvel moniker, which I thought was really cool. You know, yeah. and there's there's a lot of little pieces that came together. Her suit came together, stuff like that. But like, I don't recall the beat for beat. Uh, and the only big negative that stood out for me was the awful cardboard uh, Deaver lady from the cleanup crew, whatever the government agency is that they made up on the spot. None of it felt good. It all felt cartoonishly bad. Like I've seen more threatening animated characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. In like in like Batman the animated series when you know a crooked um federal agent is going sideways it's way more threatening <laughs> than than she was. Like it's yeah. just everything about her is just like 1980s like bargain bin VHS villain like it's just yeah it's not (laughs) I wasn't sure what you're gonna say but that pretty much nails it yeah it's not it's not good it's not a good look Um, and it was just and she's a predictable villain as well because you know she she called it in and basically said you know can I have the go ahead no you don't have the go ahead stand down you know we're handling this you definitely don't have the go ahead do not do anything and she basically says something like understood hangs up And then everyone who's watching goes, what's going to happen? Yep. She goes against what her superior says and goes ahead without the order anyway. So it's just, I I agree. It's it's unfortunate. And if she's in the series or in the films at all anymore, then that organization has absolutely no weight in my mind because she would be reprimanded, potentially jailed, certainly fired. Like she would not exist in that organization if no. that was the case, right? Like if it was supposed to be this tight knit government operation, then um, I, it reminds me of an old joke that Robin Williams used to do, which is about the police in the UK where they don't have guns. It's like, stop or I'll yell stop again. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's kind of like he says, whatever you do, don't do it. Even though I'm a thousand miles away and I can do absolutely nothing to stop you. Listen to me over the phone and don't do the thing. And she goes, okay, yeah. I'm just going to go do the thing. It's like, it's just, it's just be bad behavior. And it, it like, it doesn't, it, it feels, feels like lazy writing too. It, oh, it absolutely it's, it, is. Absolutely. It's just, is. It's, it gets to a point where it's just cliche. And, and I mean, this, her yes. character, she was, you know, 
racist overtones, not to her words, but just mm-hmm. kind of things that she implied early on in the show and through it. So like, she's instantly a character that you just, you hate. Um, not because she's conniving and clever and makes you like the fact that you hate her or anything like that. She's just like, she's a jerk right from the get go. And there's nothing endearing about her character that makes you want her to stay in the show. Like not even a like, Oh yeah, I can't wait to see how she gets pitted against so-and-so in the next season. Like, Nope, you just don't want her there. Yeah, no, there's there. You feel like you're wasting your energy watching her, right? Because yeah. you can you can under you can predict what's going to happen next, you know. And that yeah. I think is it's a bad villain. The villain that you want is the one that you that the audience cannot predict because then when the hero is surprised and you are surprised, you're just like, oh wow, did not see that coming. Or yeah, you know, it's it's like the person that is the evil kind of either mastermind or real sadistic crazy, but they play it really straight for the full plot you know mm-hmm. and it's not until the, like the third act where they really snap and show their true colors and you go oh wow this is triple scary now because she fooled me <laughs> you know yeah. up to this point and now i'm like oh god i can't trust anybody anymore and that makes the whole series more more interesting when stuff like yeah. that happens and, but and it wasn't that uh najma was that level of tricking us but she came across as somebody that you felt like you could trust early on in the show and then Spoiler alert for those of you who may have not seen season five or six or episode five and six, but, uh, you know, Najma sort of dies in episode five after opening the portal like she said she was going to, but then having a change of heart when she realizes it was going to crush the world and she sort of sacrifices herself. I don't understand how that sacrificing yourself to close a portal thing works and not in just this story, but like all of them, just for the record. It's just like I didn't get that at all. I didn't understand that's what she was doing. That's one of the things I didn't like about that episode was that I yeah. thought that I thought that she tried to close the portal uh, or tried to open the portal. It killed her. And then she said, whoa, I can feel it trying to kill me. And then she sent her essence or her power or whatever to her son. I did not at all get the idea that she had had a change of heart. Um, and and that is a, a case hmm. where the character was really good in terms of the the good versus bad, like the flip flop. But they did the flip flop in one episode, yeah, or an episode and a half. They could have taken that flip flop the entire season, right? Like, yeah. how cool would it have been if the big baddie at the end of episode six wasn't Deaver McDickhead? It was it was um, <laughs> the the Najma. You know, like it was it was yeah. that confrontation like that would have been uh, a lot more interesting, I think. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like they could have taken three more episodes and just mm-hmm. taken their time with a lot more in this and made it a really good show. Like I like you like you, I'm left left watching the show feeling like I enjoyed it, but it just felt like it was so much packed into just such a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. And then if I have to I have to say, because I was a big Ms. Marvel fan from the comics before watching this. I am. I was left with a disappointed taste in my mouth at the very end of it all. And this is a big spoiler if you haven't seen it, so plug your ears for about 20 seconds. But the fact that she's a mutant and not an inhuman really bothers me. When did they say that? Oh, at the very end. Uh, when Because um, Bruno had done... They didn't come out and literally say it, but they basically... Bruno said, I had checked your DNA again because there was something there, and it's and there's a mutation in your DNA. So because her brother was wondering if he might be a, a jinn as well. But then he, he said, no, we found a mutation in your DNA. 
which then I kind of, you know, did the fell down the rabbit hole a little bit afterwards and everyone is like, yep, cool. MCU confirms it. Um, mutants are coming into the, uh, into the timeline at some point, um, which was just disheartening to me because I liked um, the Inhuman storyline. And I believe it was Al Alistair I was talking to who said that Kevin Feige has said that he's just, he's not a fan of the Inhuman storyline very much anyway. So yeah, either way, that's, that was my takeaway from it. So I was disappointed if, if I'm, if it turns out that he, they are talking about Inhumans, then I will totally eat my words and I will happily welcome them back into the MCU because I like that storyline. I remember now them saying mutation, but I didn't take it to be like mutant mutation. I just thought it was like any kind of abnormality in the DNA would be described as a mutation. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I took it as more of a technical term, not a label, if that makes any sense. I yeah, mean, no, that's good. I could be wrong. And I mean, and I, I mean, I like the X-Men, so I don't mind if they want to bring the X-Men into the MC, MCU. What is that? Phase seven in 2035? Like, is that when that's probably going to roll out? Yeah. So that's for um, our kids, kids. <laughs> I'd be happy to be proved wrong. Honestly, I would, I'd be more than happy to have it be the Inhuman storyline. So please, Marvel, prove me wrong. Well, speaking of Marvel and the future. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about this week was uh, all of the things coming out of mm -hmm. San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, probably focus heavily on the Marvel stuff just because there was a lot of it and you and I are both fans. Uh, but there are um, other things I want to touch on uh, as well. Uh, but the the big stuff that was of interest to me, and I'll just list them and we can just talk about them you know, as we see fit. Uh, She-Hulk. We got another trailer for She-Hulk, which is a Disney mm -hmm. Plus series, which I'm looking forward to. It looks fun. Me too. Uh, the um, Wakanda Forever trailer had some heavy notes in it, uh, obviously with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um, they kept that pretty heavy on the teaser. They didn't really reveal much of what the plot was. They just kind of gave a lot of visuals, a lot of mood shots um, yeah. from, from the Wakanda Forever trailer. That's coming in November. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. There was a teaser for that. And uh, that actually, I think, was uh, older than Comic-Con. It came out either just before uh, or just um, just during. Huh. Uh, and then uh, there were... I'm trying to think if there's other Marvel... I don't remember any Marvel teasers. But what they did announce were the other films in the different phases. So mm -hmm. in Phase 5, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I mentioned, The Marvels, Blade, Captain America, New World Order, and Thunderbolts. And then there's lots on television, but the two that stuck out to me were Secret Invasion and Daredevil Born Again, now that oh, Daredevil yeah. is back on Disney+. Uh, and then in Phase 6, yes, they're talking about Phase 6, which is like the end of 2024 <laughs> into 2025. Uh they didn't really talk much about the in-betweens, but they did reveal what it's going to start with, which is the Fantastic Four in 2024. And then the two films planned to kind of wrap up phase six, unless I misunderstood this, is Avengers the Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. And so uh, I remember hearing a lot about Secret Wars from big Marvel comic fans uh, when that was a, a thing. Uh, and um, I know nothing about it. So it's going to be some fresh eyes going into the movie theaters checking this stuff out i mean i like all the characters uh, i like that they are building things up again like i i i think that it's it's good that they 
move forward with maybe some new characters, which they seem to be doing, and introduce those via Disney Plus vehicles, via movie vehicles, and then build up to another kind of Avengers thing. It sounds mm-hmm. formulaic, but Disney has been doing formulaic for years, decades, and it seems to work. You know, so I'm I'm on board. Like I, I it all sounded good to me. Uh, was there anything in particular from the Marvel news that stood out to you? Well, I guess I am looking forward to She-Hulk. I'm a fan of uh, Tatiana Maslany um, from uh, Orphan Black fame. And if you haven't seen Orphan Black yet, do yourself a favor and go watch her play six different personalities in it and perfectly seamlessly and overlapping each other in, in the same scene it's she's a super talented actor so i'm very excited to see what she does with this um but although i'm you know i have reservations about it as well i think you and i chatted about it already the cgi is kind of the early trailer it kind of made us go a little mm, i don't know it's got something to do with her eyeline or the way that she kind of settles when she moves there's something that feels very video game character about it the thing that i think most cgi misses about human behavior we're very capable of standing still yeah you know like when you and i (laughs) are talking when you and i are talking in person and one of us is talking the other was listening unless there's a physical thing happening like training or cooking or you know, you're at a pool hall or something you can, most people when they're listening will stand nearly motionless, you know, at least from the neck up, you know, uh, (laughs) and unless they're, you know, being told something shocking, but, but I feel like they, they tend to kind of keep the characters moving even when they're not talking. And it really, it's very strange because then you're no longer looking at the person that you're supposed to be looking at. You're looking at the character that's still moving, even though they're done delivering the information. Um, yeah i i'm not sure and i'm i've always been on the fence about smart hulk about banner hulk i Mm. i feel like the cg for hulk works when he's the size of a small freight train but when he's like just he's he's like a big he's bigger than a bodybuilder but he's but he's not like crazy big when he's when he's banner hulk and i feel like there's a little bit lost because he's he feels kind of short and monkey like as opposed to feeling like larger than life when he did in the original Avengers film. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like mm. my favorite CG Hulk was actually Thor love and thunder. I think that I completely forgot that it was, you know, that it wasn't real. Oh, um, Rag- Ragnarok. Yeah. Did I say love and thunder Ragnarok? Sorry. Love and thunder on the brain just cause it's everywhere on the internet. So yeah, Thor- Ra- Ragnarok is what I meant. No, that was it was good. That, and that was a really good <laughs> give and take between Thor and the Hulk as well. I like that. But I do like the fact that they show her breaking the fourth wall. I found that a little bit in, intriguing. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Curious to see how that plays out, especially with... I feel like there's going to be her breaking the fourth wall. Well, they already showed it. She breaks the fourth wall with Hulk in the background. So like, I'm wondering you know, how... If people are going to be aware that she's breaking the fourth wall, it's like if, if that's like who are you, who are you talking to kind of thing, or if it's going to be her just doing it and nobody realizes she's doing it. So it's it's I, I like it, but I you know I'm I'll have to see how it fits into the show. So it's a little bit. Uh, I feel yeah. it only works as long as people don't notice because that's the only reason that it works for Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what I'm hoping is that it's just her. And I think you could have some fun with that where in the future if she hulk and deadpool ever cross paths and she turns and does like a fourth wall thing and he could just like 
do you talk to them too? Like just, it would be, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just one, you get one, one little shot at it. You know, like I feel like there'd be some really good moments for stuff like that because it's like to me, like they get away with it in Deadpool because Wade Wilson is crackers. Like he's yeah part nuts. And I feel like they could maybe, like maybe it's a, it's a symptom of her change. You know, like she ends up thinking she's talking to somebody like i don't know it's it's hard to mm. it's hard to say at this point so i'm curious about the change and the rules <laughs> of her change because yes i don't say the know same thing. one minute she's not she hulk the next minute she is she can either control it or she can't or she's she hulk all the time in the comics i thought she was she hulk all the time and did not change back i thought so too but i'm, I'm curious to know how she gets her powers because I know there's a there seems to be a training quote unquote training session, um, with Bruce Banner with her in a room with a thing on her head. I think he was trying to trigger it somehow. So I don't know if, yeah, I'm curious to see how that happens. It, it's it's one of those things that I'm looking forward to, but I don't really know. I think part of the reason I'm excited about it is because I don't know much about it, but I like the actors who are involved in it. So I just want to see what they do what they do with it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. How do you feel about Wakanda Forever? I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, I, man, I feel like, I feel like there's going to be tears in the theater. <laughs> I don't know how you can't just, you know, with losing Chadwick Boseman like that. And then obviously they're alluding to the fact, you know, with um, Angela Bassett's giving that impassioned speech, like she's clearly lost her son. She's clearly lost her husband. She's lost everyone. And so it's just going to, there's going to be, yeah, a lot of emotion in this movie. And, but they don't, like, as you said, they don't really give a lot away in it. So it's like, it's, it looks like it's going to be very, I really like what they, they set it up visually. I think it looks stunning, but I don't like storyline wise. I just don't really know what it's going to be. I feel like Shuri's probably going to become the Black Panther because that, I think that's what's happening or what happened at one point in the comics. And it sort of makes sense if they wanted to sort of, you know, keep it in the family the same way, you know, T'Chaka, then T'Challa, then Shuri kind of thing. But I kind of hope they, I don't know, just that I'm I'm wrong. I think it would be cool to have uh, Danai Gurira's Okaya character get it because she's got mad fighting skills already and just has such screen presence in my mind. I think she would be a completely badass Black Panther and I think that'd be a cool choice. So I'm I'm curious to see how that will go. I kind of want uh, Nakia to get it as a, as a character. I think she's, I think it's less about, I'm just, I'm thinking about it from like less of a physical prowess thing and more of a, who's got the heart to be black Panther, you know? Um, and like, and I agree with you. I want them to go outside of just the obvious lineage. I yeah. kind of want, I kind of wanted to go similar to captain America. You kind of want you want the mantle to go to whoever is the most deserving, not who happens to be related you know exactly um and um and i mean i I, and i i mean i don't want to say that this is predictable but i I feel like it's going to be a woman black panther would be my guess oh yeah and i hope so i think they'd be able to i think nothing wrong with that and i think it'd be super cool no i agree no it's the guessing game i'm 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 happy that i don't know because because i want to see how this movie plays out and just and see where that mantle lie lands I guess one of the things I hope they don't do is just take the entire movie or I mean, maybe I'll be fine with it. Just take the entire movie and then just go, Oh, and by the way, everyone, here's your new black Panther. 
roll credits and then we have to wait till the next Black Panther movie to actually see how this character kind of gets along as Black Panther or I'd rather it be like either a halfway point or two-thirds of the way in they go okay we need the Black Panther let's figure this out let's make it happen because we need to be saved by this character at the end I agree that I hope it doesn't take the entire film uh certainly I hope maybe in act two or something like that but I don't know like we'll see I I like the first one uh, quite a lot so me too. Uh, I will see. I'll definitely be seeing this if and when I have a chance. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious to see what they do with. Uh, they're introducing Ironheart in that movie as well, which is uh, supposed to then spin off into, I believe, is it a Disney Plus show later on, or is it? No, it's a Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ironheart was one of the ones. It was uh, one of the television parts of Phase Five, I think. Five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that character as well. The other stuff with Marvel, um, there wasn't really any trailers. There was more just teasers. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, the, tre- the teaser is just a bunch of action shots and people screaming. Like, I, you don't really understand much about the plot. Other than that, they're introducing Adam Warlock, which I knew already from just like a news article or a casting note. Um, and uh, the only thing that I know about Adam Warlock from a character, not that I've read any of the comics, but only because just pop culture has told me that Adam Warlock is one of the more powerful characters in the um in the marvel universe and that was the big adam kind of hint that they dropped i think at the end of the last guardians film which was years ago now and apparently the you know the the filming and the wrap-up of everything has been pretty emotional for the people involved i don't necessarily buy all of it i feel like there's just been it feels like a media um footnote that people are just mentioning because it gets clicks, you know, emotional because this is the last of them. Yeah. 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 Like I I think, you know, in one of the interviews, I think Chris Pratt teared up about, you know, talking about it with, with James Gunn. I'm just like, I, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of high octane emotions and stuff, but like it's guardians of the galaxy, you know, it's, it does, it doesn't really strike me as Shakespeare, you know, I mean, they're good. They're fun, but I, you know, (laughs) Anyway, and and it I feel like there's just been the press around it seems to all be like this is really intense and amazing and I've heard nothing about it until just now. Right? Mm. Didn't I had didn't have a clue they were even making Guardians 3 until they released the trailer, right? Whereas you know, you hear about all this other stuff or you've been you've been informed of this other stuff with little bits, little trickles here and there rumors and then release dates and then stuff like that. But I heard nothing, you know, same. I mean, I'll watch it, but I'm not, I'm not super excited about it. Same here. I mean, I'll watch it to see how it falls in with the other movies from the MCU and then how it sets up other movies later on, but I'm not chomping at the bit to go and see. Yeah. When I rewatch Marvel films, these are not in the cycle. They don't get, they don't get a rewatch like if it's one of those things like if it was on at somebody's house i would watch it but it's not like i, I specifically say i'm going to go watch guardians of the galaxy the first one you know like it just mm-hmm. you know i i may if i was watching it with somebody that had never seen the marvel cinematic universe in completion and they wanted to know where the stones were coming from and all that kind oh of yeah stuff. yeah but but yeah as a movie on its own especially the second one the first one was good the second one i really wasn't a fan so mm. yeah um, agreed, I agreed. Side note, I didn't have this in our show notes this week, but uh, have you seen the teaser trailer for the little uh, I Am Groot shorts that are coming to Disney Plus? Uh, no, I only found out that there, 
that they were coming in the last week or so. And I didn't, I haven't had a chance to go check them out yet. So it's not a full fleshed series. It's a series of shorts. So a series of just individual yes, cartoons, right. essentially like, you know, the kind of cartoons you'd see before a film, that kind of idea. Uh, CG animated. It's all about like a little group running around doing stuff. And the trailer <laughs> basically speaks for itself. It's just him being Groot and either like modeling in front of the mirror and being cute dancing or uh, saying hi to a bunch of little aliens that are first hostile to him. And then they realize that he's good and then they treat him like a God. And like, there's, just, there's all this kind of <laughs> stuff and none of it is his, his intention. He's just basically waving hello. And then this entire drama unfolds around him and he's just like, what is going on? I just wanted to say hi to you guys. Like it just, it's such a strange thing. And it's going to be interesting because of course he doesn't say anything other than I am Groot and it does not appear that there's any other characters to translate. <laughs> so it's all going to be through, um, pantomime and the reaction of other characters and animals and things in the shorts, but it looked it looks well done. Like it's all CG, you know. It's meant to be a cartoon. Nice. It's not it's not meant to be cartoon with live action. Like it's all animated, so that that could be that could be a lot of fun. The other stuff for me, uh, I guess, outside of um, just the confirmation that Fast Fantastic Four is going to be in in Phase Six, uh, I actually got pulled into a couple of other teasers. Uh, Star Trek Picard season three had a teaser. It's not really a teaser for the season. It's more like a lineup of the cast and what the cast is going to look like. And for those mm. of you that don't know, most of the, if not all of the bridge cast from the next generation is back. So Jordy, Crusher, nice. uh, Riker, Deanna Troy, like, and they all have these lines. Uh, Worf in particular looks uh, very stoic in the trailer. And they all have these specific lines about like, you know, destiny or crew or family. Um, seven and nine is, is in the shot as well. So she wasn't on generation, but she's in, she's in Picard. Um, so it looks cool. And it looks like uh, a lot of people have like really gone far in Starfleet or have retired and are coming out of retirement. And I really dig that Riker wears kind of like a Han Solo vest <laughs> in this, like it, because he, <laughs> He, he's always been like the rogue guy. He's the one that's going to, I like him because he's not like, he's not trigger happy, but he's more than happy to put the boot down when he wants, yeah. when he needs to. And, um, that, that to me, uh, warrants like the, the non Starfleet wardrobe in the trailer. It's just, it's a fun, it's a fun little mix. Nice. And, um, Gates McFadden, of course, reprising her role as, as Beverly Crusher. Uh, I met her briefly at Halcon, um, number of years ago now. Uh, oh, the, nice. the woman doesn't age it's insane <laughs> um she glided by my booth uh she sort of stopped she doesn't they, the people the, the the people that walk around like that they never really stop because then they kind of get mobbed so yeah. they, they kind of slow down but they always keep moving and she said something very complimentary about my work and she smiled and i said oh, oh hello nice. you know and i you know i just said hi and i mean no no introductions just because hi like i you know I of course watched the series really nice to meet you that sort of thing but like i don't know what it is about her but it's probably just because she's just so poised but she just there's a certain amount of grace that you can pick mm. up from some people um and not just not just women when i met john reese davies and i had a conversation with him he also just has this personability and and niceness to him that you kind of forget that he's a celebrity <laughs> five minutes after you talk to him. Uh, nice. And she didn't say that long, but like you kind of get this like very, I don't know, just genuine kind of vibe 
Um, but yeah, I just she's she's obviously coming back, and I've I've always really enjoyed the relationship that Crusher and Picard have. So I'm curious to Me see too. how they how they play that out. Uh, nice. Going to be a heavy season. That's it's the final season for Picard. They're not doing anymore. Uh, so uh, that is uh, it's going to be bittersweet, I think, because I think everyone is enjoying that we're getting more Picard. <laughs> um, but uh, when it's done, there will be no more Picard. Yeah. So uh, I think that's going to be. Uh, a, a good one to watch anyway uh there was a trailer for john wick 4 and are you a fan of the john wick films i am i'm on board cool <laughs> yep me too i mean it's a teaser it doesn't really surprise me everything sounds precisely like a john wick movie they're not out to surprise you in, in any shape i think with the content i think the manner in which the content is delivered is surprising but he's going to be fighting a lot of people <laughs> yeah you know it, lo- it looked a little bit more i i feel funny feels funny saying this but it looked a little more violent than the previous <laughs> mo- movies because usually it's just like a lot of gun bang 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 and hand fighting and stuff but there's one point in the teaser trailer where i, I won't spoil it if anyone wants to go see it but there's a weapon that's used and it's just like a it's very quick very effective weapon yep mm-hmm. uh, i know what like, you mean oh that's um <laughs> yep that's 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 new <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's and there's other there's lots of swords too there's lots of sword play and i feel like his adversary might be like a gun katana specialist or something mm. it seems to be very just probably because the comics if there were any comics that would just be cool you know like not that it's that effective to have a sword and a gun i kind of feel like it's um it's a little bit comic booky but like that's what john wick is and and i'm yeah. i'm on board um, I'm going to save the best for last, uh, but the other one that kind of caught my eye, which I don't believe was a San Diego release. I think this might have been just something that Netflix put out um, either at or alongside of San Diego uh, was the uh, the Sandman trailer. Yeah, uh, this is a Neil Gaiman IP, and I am only familiar, I will confess, through nerd culture losing their ever loving mind when this was <laughs> into production. Uh, I have never read the comics. I know they're apparently very good. I like Neil uh gaiman uh you know i've enjoyed i enjoyed um american gods so you know i i'll i'll watch it it looks really cool and really trippy and different than everything yeah. else that's on netflix right now so i'm on board are you a fan like have you did you have you read the comics are you a fan of the the ip i've read probably a third of the entire thing and it is man it has so much lore into it and so much there's it's so dense but so good you know, I say that, but there were a couple of points where I was reading through it and I would turn, I would open this, a spread and it felt like it was half words and half images. And that to me was like, oh my goodness, just why, why does it, I, I, I'm a fan of comics that kind of flip flop back and forth between the two, but I like, I like it when images can carry, you know, if, if it's drawn well enough to carry the emotion that goes along with the words, I don't, like, I don't want, don't give me those yellow boxes across the top of every frame narrating something for like three spreads in a row and i felt like it did that at times Mm. but it's it is really good it's really original compared to anything else i've read and while i'm not as you know i'm newer to it than anyone who would have read it when they were originally comics um i think that the casting choice like i don't i don't remember seeing that actor in anything else but the look of the guy they got to play um morpheus is just it's bang on so good it's always nice when they can capture the spirit of the comics when they do the casting and and stuff like that um 
before I feel like I've taken this a little bit outside of comics before we move on was there any Marvel stuff that you were really looking forward to like what's on your hit list um definitely uh, I know it's a ways out still but definitely definitely Daredevil I, I loved that touch that TV show on Netflix and I was so disappointed then when it went away so I'm I'm thrilled that he's going to be back in um She-Hulk I thought it was I only saw the first trailer and, it, and I saw oh there's a red suit that's awesome I bet you it's Daredevil and then I saw the next trailer and like oh yeah there's there's Charlie Cox as the Daredevil so confirmed um yeah but I'm really looking forward to that um yeah I think that's kind of the only thing I have on my really really want to see list I guess I am excited about Fantastic Four in the sense that I'm really hoping that now that it's officially going to be folded into the MCU, that they're actually going to do it justice. I hope it fits in. I hope it's done well. I like. Uh, I'm going to mess up his name, but John Krasinski, I think it was from. Yep. From the Office, as I like him a lot. Mister Fantastic or Captain Fantastic, whatever it is, when they had him in, um, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. and the Multiverse of Madness, I thought that's a good fit. I know he was campaigning for it for years ago. He would have loved to play the part. So to see him as the character it makes me hopeful that he will be in the actual fantastic four movie and i hope that's the case because he's he's quite good i like him as well if they don't Um, they better be prepared for the just ire of marvel fans that think because they've seen it in a multiverse blip that it's official (laughs) like i yeah you know and, and it sucks for uh krasinski because like uh, if he has been cast and they have an announcement he has to sit on that like he can't say anything yeah and i remember an interview with ewan mcgregor talking about obi-wan kenobi and he's just like i it got to the point where i started to pressure like and really wanted disney to announce it because like i was lying to people he was he was saying in the interview i am lying to my fans and people that are interviewing me when they're asking me like would you ever reprise the role again? Meanwhile, he's like going back and forth on the script for Obi-Wan Kenobi that he, yeah, can't, yeah. he can't talk about, right? And I just, it's, I know that there's a certain advantage to all the secrecy, but I feel like stuff like casting announcements and things like that, like you don't have to have a big celebration. Just like put out a press release and let the actors enjoy it for longer, yeah. you know? Because um, I, I agree with you. Like I, I think that, in Fantastic Four, they have the technology now to do the thing justice. I actually think they did an okay with okay job with it last time. I just I just don't feel like the movie felt which one there were two good. <laughs> the second the the more the more recent one, I thought the thing looked okay to me. I don't I, mean, I guess I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering it, but I don't remember going, "Wow, that looks awful." I just remember the movie. It like they were the Fantastic Four for like ten minutes at the end, and it left me going, "What?" It should have been a totally different movie. So I, I have a feeling it will be John Krasinski. I mean, obviously don't quote me on that because I'm just a nobody. But one thing I will say for the MCU, they seem to be really big on continuity. Like even though they may not be bringing the Inhumans back into the fold, or if they are, I don't know yet. But in um, the Multiverse of Madness, they had the same actor who played Black Bolt from the not-so-beloved Inhuman TV show. They used the same actor who, who from there in uh, Doctor Strange and they had Petra Stewart, Captain Picard as Xavier in the same movie. So they, they seem to be kind of big on continuity and keeping the characters. So I'm I'm hopeful. It does it, it wouldn't make any sense to just introduce him and then just have someone else. You're in the MCU for 5 minutes. Congratulations. Bye. I I mean it could be contractual 
I don't know what kind of contract he might have signed for that TV show. <laughs> yeah, uh, if he was true. smart, he would have signed up for both te television and film <laughs> for at least for a number of years anyway. Uh, well, to get outside of, of comics, uh, one of the trailers that I don't know what to think of. It, it looks fun. It's uh, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> Honor Among Thieves. And to me, it feels like a format fantasy action movie. Like, think um, Thor Ragnarok, which you've mentioned. Yeah. Think, think um, like the Huntsman movies, you know, with uh, Jeremy Renner. Uh, or the one there's another one with I think even Chris Helmsworth is in one. Um, oh like yeah, those yep. like really like the Snow White and the Seven Deaths or like I don't know what the hell they call them. They're terrible. They're not good. And yet they get like Charlize Theron to be <laughs> the evil queen. I'm not sure how they managed to to get these A-list stars to these shitty movies. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it, it's got this vibe of of being very modern comedy in a fantasy set format yeah. with a big ip licensed which is of course dungeons and dragons which is really popular now on twitch and lots of televised versions of games and uh, obviously popular with stranger things and all that kind of stuff as well um if it's financially successful it could mean more than one because it's not just called dungeons and dragons it's called dungeons and dragons honor among thieves so my best right. guess is that some producer wants to make the uh, Fast and the Furious of Dungeons and Dragons series and just pump these things out yearly and which could be good or bad. Like it, it could yeah. attract a lot of stars. It could attract a lot of directors that respect the material. It could also just be a lot of BS. I don't I don't really know. Um, some of the trailer jokes are funny, but like I yeah. it, it's kind of like watching Captain Kirk in dungeons and dragons like i you know uh <laughs> i forget that he was captain kirk yeah like I, just, I get the same vibe you know i get the same vibe from him yeah and 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 i know that i shouldn't feel that all of my high fantasy shows or all of my fantasy shows have to have people with english accents you know what i mean like because everybody in it is just american <laughs> you know There's game of like, thrones ruined it for you yeah but i just well game of thrones lord of the rings like they all they all do the same thing even all the bad guys in star wars all the imperials have got british accents like you just there's just something very stereotypical about it and i i know yeah. that i have to break that you know idea um but it like i said it it you know special effects look really good it it might be on the same sort of level as maybe like a guardians of the galaxy like it could be entertaining yeah. it might not be my my thing that i rewatch once a year but it, it it could be fun yeah my guy my guys are looking forward to it and, and i appreciate some of the internet jokes surrounding it as well where it's on twitter basically someone said it would be great if the movie just stopped halfway through and then you had to then take the time and figure out a good time to watch it with your friends again and go see it on, on another night just to, you know <laughs> it's the same way that a campaign stops halfway through and you have to go find another night to to continue on with it yeah and then the other one, I don't know if it was an internet joke or just my son's being clever. They said, it'd be great if somebody in the movie died and then somebody like walked out of a pub that looked exactly the same and sort of took over the same, <laughs> like basically picked up almost where the other character left off. And I'm like, man, that is hilarious. So, That's a pretty good joke. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I feel like, I think it's it's got, it's got my family pumped. I'm not, I'm personally not sure what I'm overall think about it. 
like if I wanted to be super critical, but I think it's going to be a fun time and I look forward to going to the theater with my sons to watch it. Yeah, apparently they wanted to have like true monsters from Dungeons and Dragons. So like there's the chest monster thing. There's the panther with the different tails. I don't remember what they're called, but apparently mm. they're really into the monsters. But then you get the ire of the nerds that are saying like, well, the druid wouldn't be able to shapeshift into an owlbear because apparently an owlbear is, is not a beast. It's a monstrosity and they, oh. can't, they, they can't do that. And I'm just kind of like, did you hear led zeppelin at the beginning of the trailer yeah it's one of those things where it's like come on like it's not if if that's what you're here for this movie is not for you yeah i gotta say i am looking forward to the owlbear in theater that looked pretty darn cool oh it did look cool yeah no and the fact that it's this little you know um elfy looking fawn character that that transforms into it then we have real dragons in Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. <laughs> Real dragons, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, not a whole lot from the trailer, and this is not based on any novels. It's based on uh, chronicles from a maester that George R. R. Martin had written, or at least written footnotes on, and then HBO producers have taken and run with it. I've heard oh, Martin. I've heard Martin interviewed saying that it's it's really cool to see, you know people treating his baby with respect and wanting to do it justice and all that kind of stuff and trying to make something new out of a world that he's created. I mean, I'm on board just because we don't have to wait four seasons for dragons. Like they're in it now, Yeah, you know, they're all over the trailer. Uh, And so that's one of my favorite things about the original game of Thrones series is of course the dragons and Daenerys and stuff. Uh, I don't know about Matt Smith as a blonde. It kind of takes me out of it. (laughs) Um, But everybody else seems to fit roles. Um, I'm, I've recognized a couple of people who I'm sure are ecstatic that they are part of this IP now. <laughs> uh, it's um, it's probably big big deals for them. So again, it's a teaser. It doesn't really show a whole lot other than just like the Targaryens in power and somebody wants them not to be. Surprise! Right. <laughs> it is called Game of Thrones. Um, so um, I'm looking forward to it. It looks good. I mean, I, they have... I mean, they should have a budget to just destroy all things because of the success of the show oh my goodness yeah. previous right so i'd imagine there'll be if nothing else you're looking at some very high production value agreed and last but not least lord of the rings the rings of power this yeah. to me <laughs> it's like it's on a knife's edge it looks fantastic it feels fantastic uh galadriel is one of my favorite characters and and i'm curious to see about her early adventures like there's lots of sword swinging and jumping and action and stuff there doesn't appear to be a lot of standing around and talking uh in the trailer which is is good uh and it covers all the notes like there's forks there's dwarves there's elves there's people uh apparently it's going to focus on like the rise of the humans and stuff but um hmm. it just it looks good i and just hit you the hitch in the feels right away with the music starting too. Mm-hmm. No, it feels like a return to, uh, to Middle Earth. The oh, the thing that I'm concerned about is the is the production value. Uh, I am concerned about giant green screen sets that scream fake, and I'm concerned mm. about the stream quality being terrible. I I don't think Prime Video can handle oh, because it because it's on Prime. Yeah. It's on Prime Video. I I. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the other fantasy show that I just watched from them that the content was fine. It was a good show, but I kept on getting pulled out of it by the crappy video quality. 
you know, Ugh. like watching dancing ants around the screen. Like, why does it look grainy? It wasn't put on film. It's digital. You know, why is this not in 4K? Why, you know, like, I don't think Prime Video can handle the sheer amount of people that are going to descend on them in September to watch the show. You know, hmm. uh, uh, Johnny, my co-host on the Spawn Chunks, said that he hopes that it comes to some sort of direct to video purchase quickly after it's released so that if the, so if the streaming quality is crap he can just wait and then buy it on blu-ray or on you know direct download or something like that uh you know do, do streaming shows do that i i don't know sometimes it depends on it depends i mean you're talking about something that's owned by amazon right like do they just want to sell you more stuff maybe i, I don't know <laughs> um it's it's hard to say but Hmm, I, and I have and I have a hard time, too, because sometimes when I go to watch films like I could go and watch Star Wars in 4K or I could watch them on Blu-ray. Blu-ray is going to be lower resolution. It'll be upscaled by my TV and probably look OK. But the problem is that um, if, it, when I, if I go 4K, it's going to be the resolution. But then I'm streaming it off the Internet. And right. I don't have the best of luck with Disney Plus. I'm rewatching the original Daredevil series on Disney Plus right now. And it it looks terrible. Like it's really grainy. And I don't know whether it's just that the show is just that old that the television or Disney Plus is having trouble upscaling it. I don't know whether Disney Plus is having trouble with the resolution. Like I I found the uh, when I was watching um not uh The Mandalorian, but Boba Fett. I found Boba Fett was really poor image quality in some places too and i don't i don't know why um and that it could be a me problem but i i feel like we should be at a place in technology where like these streaming services and the apps on the tvs should all be up to snuff like it's not like 4k is brand new right so anyway it's a rabbit hole i won't go down because we'll be here forever Moving on to the Internet Minute, which is, of course, brought to you by you. The Citadel Cafe is listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member only Discord server shared with my personal Discord and my Twitch channel, as a matter of fact, and access, of course, to the Barista Cut bonus audio sessions. Haven't recorded one this summer. Everybody's been pretty busy, but uh, hopefully one of those will be coming at you soon. Special thanks to our Bean Counter patrons new this week. Cosmic Dancer. Thank you very much, Cosmic, for your support on this episode. And of course, Smurf588, who has been around for a few weeks now. Thank you both. Really appreciate the support. Patron count is at 27, steady on from the last time we spoke. Our goal each week is to have at least one more patron than the week before. If you'd like to become patron number 28, visit patreon.com slash the Sizzle Cafe. My pick this week, once again, brings us back to Legoland. I know you're shocked, but bear with me. <laughs> Steven and I have been talking an awful lot about the 80s tonight, and this is the Lego Atari 2600 release from Lego. It is it's so pretty. $300 Canadian, 2,500 pieces, four inches high, nine inches deep, 13 inches wide. It comes with the console joystick and three cartridges that you put together, and the cartridges make little game dioramas of, of the games that they're based on, which I thought was really cool. There's also a hidden games room diorama that folds into the console so you can either have that on display or not and it is just a amazing piece of work uh mm-hmm. it is available now i don't think it was available at the time i added it to the show notes but it is available now uh on uh the uh, lego website and i it just it looks so cool i they really nailed it 
I feel like with this one. Uh, with the Nintendo Entertainment System, I thought that's really cool. I like the Nintendo. I, I didn't really like the TV that they kind of gave you with it, but yeah. you wouldn't really have much to look at. And I feel like here, they they didn't want to do the TV again. So the real fun, I think, is the little dioramas that you get with the um, cartridge uh, bases. You get uh, like asteroids and you get centipede and it looks like uh adventure is the other one very very cool really reminds me of the one that my neighbor had when i was growing up yeah it looks really i'm just looking at it right now it looks really really slick and i guess it's uh it's nice as well because you know the consoles back in the day were very blocky to begin with so you, you look you know it looks pretty authentic all things considered and the games that you would be playing would be what four bit eight bit like they would be oh yeah at best right so so making little dioramas out of lego it's not like you have to be super realistic with it you know and even the console has like a pixel art feel to it you know like the front the front wood paneling has like a pixel art wood paneling detail on it and the atari logo which is very cool and i do like the little cart the little cartridge shelf that they gave you as well so you can slide your games into it that's nice nice touch I feel like there's a lot of nerds out there that are just are 100% on top of this, provided that they are old enough to have had one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lego is just like hitting those nostalgia strings of the the people that are in their late 30s, early 40s that are old enough to afford this stuff because it's not cheap, yep. you know? No. It's not cheap. It's a lot of pieces, though. Like, that's that would take a while to put together, I think. That's a nine stream set right there. <laughs> <laughs> what is your pick this week, sir? Kind of give a shout out to Alfred. Alfred is a Mac utility that's been around for ages, and I and I use it every day, probably dozens, if not a couple hundred times a day. It's it's uh, I use it for an app launcher. Like you just for me, I just hit Control Spacebar, type in the first couple letters. It's sort of like Spotlight for Mac OS, but like on steroids. It's um, you can actually build uh, workflows in it that are sort of like the macros that you and I talked about for the Stream Deck. So. When you were saying, you know, I just I push a button and then everything that I need for my stream just sort of automatically opens. And and I was thinking, oh, that's cool. And I've at the time and I was forgetting oh, I already have that set up in Alfred. So I just kind of hit my key command and then type in like SWS for streaming with Steven. And then it's just it opens all of the applications that, that I need and opens up the web pages so that it's basically just ready to go as like a. You can use a, a built-in dictionary, spell checker. Um, one of my favorite things is the, um, the text expander utility because it, I used to use the app called Text Expander, and then they went to subscription model, and it was just sort of priced it out of usability for me. But then this has a built-in, so I just have, you know, sort of a, a standard intro email that I might respond to clients with, and I just hit a couple of keys, and it automatically puts that in. It's been, I love it. Yeah, it's probably, I mentioned um, Drop Shelf a little while ago. And this between that and this and Alfred, there's kind of my two go-to utilities that I load on every every new Mac that I have to set up. So it's, it's quite good. You can get it from, I think it's Running With Crayons, alfredapp.com. But the company that makes it is called Running With Crayons. Clever company name. Yeah, it's it's fun. So it costs $53 Canadian if you want to buy the power pack, which kind of gives you sort of next level um, functionality and built in stuff built into it. Or like for if, if you've got the cash and you fork out $92, then it's a lifetime license, which I, 
it wasn't that expensive when I bought it, but I, I bought the um, the lifetime license probably when it was around forty something dollars ten years ago, and I haven't had to buy an update since. And and just one, it's one of those applications that, given the price it is now, but but knowing how much I used it, how much I use it in my day to day, I'd go buy it again. Love it. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that we talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod, and you can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com. Follow the show by name on Twitter, subscribe for free with your favorite podcast app, or find the show on YouTube. Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. Just tell a friend about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I am up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can listen to my other podcasts about Minecraft at thespunchunks.com or follow me on social media at Joel Duggan and on Twitch, where I stream three days a week from the Citadel server. And I have updated my Patreon page this week. Uh, Speaking of Minecraft servers, the Infinity Cove patron server, which is where a lot of members of the community play, has been upgraded uh we're hosting with a new company and that has improved and uh increased the capabilities of the server and there's now two worlds that you could be a part of and so there is a new tier on my patreon page so if you're looking to support my creative work um, from streaming in a twitch side uh, and either twitch isn't your bag or you want to join a server with a bunch of really nerdy kind folks then check out patreon.com slash joel duggan steven where can people find you online I'm spending most of my spare time on Twitch as well these days. So twitch.tv slash Stephen ESC. And then again, that's Stephen with a PH. And I'm usually streaming Thursday evenings at 7 Atlantic and Sunday mornings at 10. And th- looking to throw in the occasional Monday evening stream. We're doing a bit of speed running. So I call it my Monday run days. And that'll be at 7 o'clock in the evening as well. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe where we are fast, easy, and cheap. But you can only pick two.